Chopper suit convos. We back still in the Negro leagues with Buck O'Neill, aka DJ Eight Ball Mall, aka Jamal Randall Cunningham. Man, I'm gonna give you an alias after a legendary Negro League player and a legendary black quarterback. Sometimes, hey man, we just gotta continue on. If you know, you know, check out the last episode, Suburbs. Very funny. And very hilarious, especially what the it last do? 30 minutes. What it do? What it do, y'all? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all my Chopper Soup family. You know, I'm in the building with my man, Danny Whitlock. You know, he's he reminds me of his big brother, Jason Whitlock. They love to hate on the brothers. They love to talk about race. And that AI, that AI, whatever um generator you have, that used my voice for like the last 20 minutes of the episode, yeah. that was really good, man. You got to tell me what that was, because I heard yeah, the episode... Yeah. It's, and I didn't say none of that stuff. It's a program called A Fool in a Man's Shoes. I ain't say none of that stuff. Dan got some type of new shiny AI generator, and I got to give it up to him, man, because that was crazy. That joint really did sound like me. But if you pay attention, you can hear that it's AI, though. Man, we know that's you. Everybody knows it's you. Niggas are yet talking about the Negro Leagues to me, man. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, like I said, the AI generator, man. I don't even to that old school stuff, man. They weren't eating in the Negro Leagues. That's why it didn't exist anymore, man. It, I wish the Negro Leagues lasted, but hey, man, that shit wasn't doing no numbers. So I don't know nothing about no Negro Leagues. It is what it is. Yeah, you shouldn't know about the Negro Leagues. Who gives a fuck about baseball in 2024, man? We yeah, I agree. Future, I don't man. even know who won the World Series. Me neither, dog. You don't? <laughs> no, what? <Who> <laughs> fuck about that monkey shit, man. <laughs> he said me neither, dog. Hey, I, I don't know what to tell you, but hey, I know who won the African Football League. You know who? We talked about it on the pod yesterday on Chapasu Convo, which is out today. Mamalude Sundowns of South Africa, Champagne Soccer. Yeah, see, I'd be confused. I'd be burnt, man, because I'm doing ring culture tonight. I'm do- basically. I'm doing every podcast technically almost today because I might do the last day tomorrow. But yeah, Mama Lunde Sundowns of South Africa won the African Football League. Their owner is also the president of the African Football Federation. So mm. it's corruption. It's like Roger Goodell owning the NFL team and they won the Super Bowl. That's the type of corruption we do in Africa. You see? So, obviously, so obviously everybody on that team isn't from South Africa. <laughs> nah, but the majority is. Yeah. And have they been nice before? Or is this the first time they've been nice? Nah, they've been good for a while. They won uh the Carlin Black Label Cup last year. They've been like a pretty good team for like since 2015, 16. And in any other countries, does the owner of the team be like the commissioner or whatever you said he was? Oh, nigga, that's illegal. So this is only in Africa that this is happening. Yeah, come on, man. Who does corruption like us, man? We do it big. And the... Uh, style, baby. <laughs> and the, and the uh, northern African countries, are are they in this? Or oh, this is only a South African league? No, nah, it's everybody in it. But the best teams in Africa are in Arabic Africa and South Africa. So basically, mm. the whites. Hmm. Dang, Uganda and them and Kenyan and them be playing soccer? Hey, man, you know those brothers are long-distance runners. You were the one talking about short hips, long hips. Come on, you know the game. 
Short hips, long hips. Yeah, remember he was talking about how long distance runners have, you know, certain things with their. Oh no, I was saying that hey, black. Go people, ahead, break it down. I was saying that black people or people of African descent are faster than Caucasians because we have smaller, shorter torsos, which gives us a lower center of gravity, while Caucasians have longer torsos, which allows them to be better swimmers, like Michael Phelps. Hey, man, there you go, man. Like, if you ever look at Will Chamberlain, his legs are longer than his body, obviously. That's how how we're made. You know, hey. We're made that way. Our, le- our legs are long and our bodies are short. Oh, man. That's what's up. It's a little bit of Negro League uh, education for y'all right there. There you go, man. Shout out to Josh Gibson. <laughs> I don't even know what position he played. Oh, man. It don't matter, man. Rest in peace, big dog. <laughs> Thank you for your service, man. Hey, man. We don't know what that brother was doing back then. I think he was a catcher and, you know, his nickname was the Black Babe Ruth. So, hey, man. Like I told you with the Negro Leagues, we don't know none of them niggas' stats. Who knows? But Has, they, Have any uh, baseball players ever tried to rap before? Huh? Have any baseball players ever tried to rap? Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr., nigga. He rapped? Yeah, quick. Oh, man, we got to find that. Because I know that did. I know the song. Him and Jason Kidd were rapping fast. Well, Jason Kidd's a basketball player. I didn't know he oh, rapped I'm either. I'm just saying, man. Him and Ken Griffey Jr., they were trying to rap fast. Oh, Wow. Like all that, yeah, he was, but, but Kenny, he learned how to slow down and honor his flow, you know. And you know, a lot of these brothers, they're not writing their raps, so they just trying to follow the popular trends of that era. So, Kobe Bryant wrote his raps. Well, he's a real street boy, man. Nori said he tried to write Kobe's uh verse for him, and Kobe said, You ain't write my verse, man. I wouldn't want Noriega to write my verse either, no disrespect. He's more of a swag champ, so if you don't have that charisma and personality, it won't work for you. And I thought about that because we were talking about sports, and obviously we talk about a lot of music, and uh, I forgot that Chris Webber uh, rapped. Yeah, and he made a beat for Nas on Hip Hop Is Dead. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why people say Nas has whack beats. He be rapping on Chris Webber joints. Was it better than um, Justify My Thug? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think we made a better beat than that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, hey, man, why don't you shout out your big brother Jay Z? I think recently was the twentieth anniversary of the Black Album, and you know they had to talk about New Yorkers. You know, the last yeah. time they dominated the rap game, I think that might have been the end, two thousand three, when you have Jay Z, Dipset, and G Unit doing numbers. Is that the last time New York were the undisputed kings of rap for you? Undisputed. Um, yeah, because by 04, T.I. had King. Yeah, Crunk Juice. Boop, boop, still tipping. Yeah. Ice Cube was working with Lil Jon. I know she's not rap, but Sierra was even killing shit. I remember I went to Atlanta for the first time ever, like, in 2004. And I remember, like, because, you know, I used to burn CDs. And I used to, and everything on that CD was Atlanta. I have no, I might have had a few like G Unit stuff on there, maybe Young Buck stuff, but everything was like Atlanta shit. So, yeah, I brought, I brought Young Jeezy to Lorton when I went to Atlanta to visit my family. Uh, I've been going to Atlanta since like ninety six, ninety seven, because one of my brothers and my uncle Poby used to live down there, so. 
when I brought I brought Young Jeezy to Lori, man. That's the ghetto, man. I invented. I remember my, my man's put me on a D4L around that time too. Like, bet you can't do it like me. Like nobody even heard of that shit. And it was like, and then I remember I was like, okay, this sounds like some Atlanta shit. And yeah, it was around that time. So when I think I I be thinking about like balling, stay fly, but I don't think they were dominating by then because. Wayne was killing it. Jeezy was killing it. I think Ross was out by that time. So 2003 is the last year for New York. <laughs> That's crazy. I almost be wanting to think it's, I be wanting to think it's 2005, but the Black Album came out in 03. Yes. And Get Richard Die Trying came out in 03. And Beg for Mercy came out 03. That's the last time they had it. Damn, Get Rich came out in 03? I thought it came out in 02. No. Mm. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. I feel like I don't know. I, like I said, with State Fly and stuff like that, it just seems like um, they were they still had a strong presence. But nah. diplomatic community came out in two thousand three. That's the last time New York had it, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> that was it. When we was in sixth grade, going to seventh grade, and I think Purple Haze came out. That's two thousand four. Okay, yeah, that didn't Purple count. Haze wasn't as successful as the last Cameron album. That's the one I like the most too. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, let's hey. go ahead. What? What? Nothing. Oh yeah. Also, today is the day. Uh, 17 years ago, um, we lost ODB. You know, so rest in peace to ODB. I have this girl that keeps trying to tell me that Inspector Deck is like better than a lot of people. I don't know why she keeps saying that, but what the hell are you dealing with? What do you? Is she lost? Man, she sounds like a Carhartt girl. She thinks Inspector Deck is like one of the best Wu Tang members. I mean, he kind of is. It's just he never had his solo album to match up because they said all the hot shit got lost in that fire that happened at the Wu Mansion or whatever, and or maybe it was a flood. Yeah, damn. But hey, man, that's how life works sometimes. Because Inspector Deck was phenomenal. He had the intro on triumph and went crazy he was on above the clouds on the gangstar album he went crazy he was gonna have a special album you could tell but hey unfortunately it didn't work out like that for him so it is what it is was odb better than him well if you compare then i guess you gotta say sliders man because i like odb more but odb was more about his charisma and personality than it was his wordplay, just like kind of Nori. So it depends on what type of rap you like. Yeah, that's why I asked. If you want obviously... straight bars, then yeah, you want Inspector Deck. But if you want flair and charisma, then you're going to go with ODB. Yeah, that's why I asked. Because I knew ODB obviously uh, isn't one of the stronger Wu members as far as lyricism goes, but I like him more than all them niggas, honestly. Yeah, I like his Nigga Please album a lot. That was my shit as a kid. I like ODB for being weird and different back in the day. So, you know, hey, it is. I fuck with Wu-Tang. Shout out to Kwame, our mutual homie, Quissy's big brother. He's the one that really had me listening to Wu-Tang. My brother did bump Wu-Tang too, but... Kwame was the one that really got me into, oh, yeah, Liquid Swords is this. Only Built for Cuban Links is this. That type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a Wu-Tang book that RZA wrote that I read at their house. So 
shout out to them for putting me on the woo. But uh, yeah. let's talk mm -hmm. about some modern music. Mm -hmm. um, your big brother, Larry June, and Cardo linked back up. They're one of the best duos, rapper, producer duos in the game. Coming back with the night shift, how did you feel about it? I liked it. It was a uh, pretty like you know normal Larry that I used that I usually like. It was it was pretty dope. I liked the features on it. I liked um that uh, two chains was on a song. Dage Loaf, um, Blast was on there. Too Short, Payroll did his thing. Schoolboy Q that was pretty um fun. I was listening to this with a uh, with a young lady and. She was like, whoa, two chains. Oh, Dave Loke. Like she was enjoying like the the surprise of the features. Um, I will say this though. These hip hop people, they need to stop telling Alchemist to rap. He's not horrible, but that nigga cannot not rap, bro. He'd be off beating shit. He'd be thinking he's killing it. He's moving like Rock Marciano. That's his I'm a bag of macaroni. I know yeah, he's that's his big him. influence now, Rock Marciano. Yeah, he needs to sit down, bro. Like, nah, dog. Like, uh-uh. Sit down, bro. Like you, uh, uh, it ain't really doing it like that. But um, it was a pretty good project. I like Glass House knocking. Um, Love of Money was dope. That sample's always tight. Um, the drumming him in Too Short was pretty cool. Like I like the whole album. You know, I mean, I gotta listen to it a little bit more. But it was it was a pretty solid album. It wasn't nothing that like you always say his albums don't blow people away. He doesn't have like that magnum opus. But it was pretty good. Better than the one with him and Alchemist. All right, cool. You know I listened to it, but I can't critique it because eh, it ain't for me, man. <laughs> I don't know. I be trying. I be listening, but that intro was hard. The intro beat, I was listening to the drum with my oldest brother, Eddie. Shout out to Eddie. When the intro beat dropped, he started nodding his head heavy like, whoa, this beat's crazy. But then after that, he was looking straight. Yeah, that, yeah I thought it was going to get more of that. <laughs> So yeah, I, I actually like the Alchemist album more, and I'm yeah, you know I'm not a Larry fan, but I just like songs like Summer Breeze and stuff more than what I heard on this album. But hey. Summer Breeze is fire, but I feel like um he's not really on his funky super funk pimp Cardo stuff. As yeah, well. he's in love now. He's more of a lover boy now, and he's doing like trying to appease like the Alchemist fan people, and like I want that like it can get ugly, Larry. When he's talking hey, man, cash, yeah. I mean, now he has he since he's done. Hey, yeah. oh, yeah, he still gets pimpy even though he's dead. Since he's done that, sure. I'm just yeah. saying, what would you, what would you give the percentages to since he became? Hey, yeah. oh, he does more of that cleaning my house stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm more saying. More than the um, it can get uh, ugly. Like on Early Bird, that's he was like, you know, what I mean, he was doing a lot of like straight pimping not even with the content but like just the it was more car music do you like when he calls women yitches yeah that's funny to me with a nice yitch get a good con chilling with a yitch i love when he gives me new uh, lingo it's fun Whoa. but i feel like adjusted a game larry 2020 it was like a mixture of everything yeah it's over man it's still, he's still, he's still. Oh, yeah, favorite. that voice went up. He's still, still one of my favorite rappers, period. He's still in my top sure. five. He's supposed favorite. to be one of your favorite rappers. Like you said, he's giving you what you need, man. Yeah, he's still my top five favorite rappers right now. He's one of my favorite rappers ever, actually. 
Yeah, he should be. He's been working hard for you for years now. It's been three plus years. He's definitely has to be up there for you now. I'm a big time Larry June fan. And it's just crazy that like I've known about him for at least 10 years now, th- 11 years now. And I, le- I st- didn't listen to him really that much back then. And then eight years later, I became a fan when he like kind of grew as an artist. So I've been known about Larry June for a long time. So. I appreciate him as an artist a lot. Yeah, man. All right. And I got a chance to really listen to that KP too. And whew, boy, boy, boy. If that ain't one of the most flyest nigga albums out, just how like he That isn't it. Larry June's album, I'll tell you that much. Uh I <laughs> I can't really say that because he just be talking about bipping all the time. Yeah, that's all you need in life. What does Larry only talk about? It's the same, ain't it? What's bipping? Do you know what it is? Hey, it's Mackin, that macaroni players vibe, man. P- pimping. I'm bipping. I don't know. I feel like you have to have a certain set of ears to appreciate KP. Because when I play KP for, you know, young ladies and stuff, sometimes they can't get with it because it's. Hey, bipping, da, 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 da. They yeah, he's can't a, he's a country sauce. DC boy, man. They can't get I with like that, that flavor. Is he from the Southeast? Yeah, he's from Southeast. Uh, yeah, I could tell. That's what I'm saying. He just got that country swag. Actually, I don't know. I think he might be. He might be from Northeast, Queenside. I think that's why he uh, like for real true, like Gleesh. Yeah, I'm not sure though. Because I don't know when I hear, it, and when I say country, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Like, oh, like how when people from the DMV used to call people Bamas back in the day for being Southern. I he's mean, from Southeast. He's from Southeast. I was about to say, man, he has to be. He got that. That's what we used to call it as kids. When you from Southeast, it's just that it's like that country flavor swag. It's just, I don't know. They sound country and Southern, but they're from the city. So it's, I don't know. It's just an interesting dynamic, but yeah, I like that style, man. Yeah. But yeah, that, that tape is hard. Um, But uh, I'll, I'll give you a review of a project I listened to because uh like I said, I'm not educated enough to talk about Larry, so I don't want to diss somebody. Oh, yeah, and did KP sign the Roger Beats? <laughs> uh, you know, I know he says it on the joint, but I don't know, man, because when you look at his uh, label, like Rhythm and Bip, according to Apple Music, yeah, it hides the, it hides the label. Mm. And then when, let me see, let me try it this way. Yeah, it says... Uh, Beat the Odds, LLC, co-owned with New World Distribution. So whoever may be, I don't know who Beat the Odds, LLC is or New World Distribution. So, Okay, what you listening to? Yeah, I listened to NBA Youngboy's album. Well, first I'll, I'll break, I'll start it because I listened to, first I listened to Rick Ross and Meek Mill's album, Too Good to Be True. And man, let me tell you, that joint was boring. Woo! That album, I feel like that joint would have been fire in 2013. It says boring. Yeah, man. Those beats, they got eight, they got a couple ATL Jacob beats. They got TM88 helping them out. Uh Khaled and Khaled went back to beat Novocaine. He chopped up the shiznit for them, and Tiana Taylor was singing on the hook. It was kind of interesting. You know, I like the beat to the shiznit already, so I guess hearing hearing them rap on it was all right. Uh, Wale is on a song. 
fine lines and Meek isn't on that song, but Wale is rapping like he thought Meek was going to be on the song too. So that's kind of weird. The future uh, hook in love with the money sounds like it's 2012, 2013 future, that black Woodstock era Southside made that beat. So that's good, right? Uh, Yeah, it's good because I wish Future had it for himself. I wish it was on Black Woodstock. I don't, I don't really care to hear it now with Rick Ross. Because Rick Ross, he's not really a trap rapper. He just knew how to take over that lane when he said, oh, okay, this is what's going on. And then he said, hey, I'll get a Lex Luger beat. But you can tell this is not his comfort zone. I thought they were going to make like smooth player Maybach type music, but they wanted to go back to that you know, Tupac back, that type oh, of really? aesthetic that they were doing. Wasn't Not... Meek supposed to be Tupac? Yeah, he was. Oh, gosh. Tupac, <laughs> man. I forgot about that. My favorite song on this project is Millionaire Row featuring French Montana. Uh, Meek isn't on this song. Shout out to Sam Sneak. Stupid on the beat in French. Montana, they did the beat. And it is like, it kind of combines that early 2010s French Montana trap sound combined with like the club that new york club aesthetic right now so i think it was a like cool combination on how new york street beats have evolved in a way um pillow talk was a cool song too i think that's the best song with meek and uh raw song together take keith and q beats did that joint they rapped on lyrical exercise you know the jay-z bonus track from blueprint they rapped on that beat for like a minute and 40 seconds. I was like, what the hell are you going to sample that for just to play around on it? But whatever. But they didn't do good on it? Nah, they didn't need to. Nah, it was all right, but it wasn't necessary. Million Dollar Trap with ATL Jacob was okay. But yeah, this project, eh. So yeah, it's projected to sell about 35000 You know, Meek Mill was defensive. He didn't like that people were talking about the low sales. He wanted to highlight how the industry is finessing artists and how, hey, we own all of our music, which is true. This project was distributed by Gamma, Larry Jackson, you know, shout out Larry Jackson. He's also the guy putting money behind Sexy Red, the former top executive at Apple Music. And, you know, they are going to make a lot of money off this album compared to what they do on a major label just because they own the album and they're licensing it through Gamma for a time period. So, hey, salute to them. But uh, then because of this, I said, okay, let me listen to Kodak Black. He dropped on Friday, surprise album, When I Was Dead. And man. I heard it was pretty, heard his, is he depressed on it? Of course, that boy's sad as hell. He's a piano rapper now, so that was kind of like, eh. Trench beat piano? Huh? Trench beat style piano? Yeah, sad nigga piano. Mm. So my favorite song on it is Came Through Flushing, track nine, Metro Boomin', Alan Ritter, and a homie named Ginge made that beat. I think that was a fire. It's not terrible, it's just like, I miss when Kodak made songs like Patty Cake 28. He used to have fun. Yeah, that brother that. does not do that no more. Even transporting is fun. Yeah. Masterpiece was cool as an outro. 
he's trying to masterpiece, you know, play on words. But yay, man. Good luck to you. I hope you find happiness. But yeah, that wasn't it for me. The best album that came out this weekend was um by NBA Youngboy. I gotta go with I think it's decided to. Yeah, the sequel to one of his projects that a lot of his fans like. I like this project because NBA Youngboy is diverse with his production. He d can do the sad rap stuff. He can do the aggressive street stuff. He can do his traditional uh, Bayou Funk. I think this project was a nice balance. Um, Better Than Ever with Rod Wave was real cool. Cheese, Ambeza, Lex Luger, Mike Waves, and Tommy Parker made that beat. I kind of like NBA Youngboy all by himself on that track. And then Ron Wave's going to come through and I got to be more sad than you. <laughs> but yeah, but like. He should be a gospel singer. Yeah. And my address public is gangster. Because at first I was like, hold on. Is, did they mess up the titles? This is supposed to be my public address. Like, you know, a politician making a statement. But nah, he's saying my address public. Like, hey, man, everybody know where I live. In Salt Lake City, but hey, I'm still doing my thing. Like he was, he was kicking flavor. Came a long way. Was cool. I was like, yeah, that's nice, motivational NBA young boy. That joint was cool. But um, Chopper Jizzle, that joint sounded hard. I feel like BG would want to rap on that. <laughs> but yeah, good song with uh, Kevin Gates and Sexy Red. Yeah, uh, Guitar Hero was cool. He had a, a six-minute freestyle as the second to last track. I, I like what he was doing. Like, you can tell he's really getting into his lane as an artist. I already talked about this project earlier in the year, Richest Op, that he put out in May. I thought that was a very good project, too. So I think NBA Youngboy has put out two nice projects to, you know, his last two projects have been very good and. I see why the kids like him. He's also projected to sell about 35000 the first week. But um, if I'm his record label, I'm ticked off like, hey, man, I signed you to be a superstar. I want superstar numbers. But you know his work rate is very high, so his fans are probably not as interested. You can tell his core fans are like that thirty to 35000 range. Mm -hmm. first week because when it's like a project with a lot of hype and promotion and it has a successful single then he that's when he can do a hundred plus thousand but when it's just yep i'm just putting it out then yeah it's like thirty five thousand the first week but it is a good project so shout out them be a young boy for having the best uh new album that i listened to this weekend Supposedly your big brother uh little baby's dropping an album soon. Yeah, he can he can turn it in, man. He should just relax. Wait until 2024. Don't don't do nothing. Don't surprise December now. Don't do it. Hmm. Don't play yourself because you saw what QC did with City Girls. They just had to get that album out of here. They're like, man, we wasting money holding this. Hmm. Damn. So they, yeah, I actually can't wait to see what, what he's gonna do when he comes out. I'm gonna say the same stuff on the same beat. You People know. like him a lot. I keep I keep running into little baby fans. They're like, oh no, nah, baby ate on that song. He ate on this song. He killed it on this song. He killed it on that song. So I just want to see if it translates. I don't hang out with people that say someone ate on the song. So I mean, that's what girls say. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. 
Yeah, I hear you. God bless America, man. Sometimes I want to say something, but I'm a chill, man. I'm a <laughs> you want to call it one? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to call him one. I just want to say, hey, man. I don't I don't know. Should I respect your resume and your music taste? But I mean, you, I don't know. You gotta honor everybody, man. Yeah. It is what it is. But we talked about Rod Wave, you know, he had a show in DC recently. Over 200 carjackings happened. But he is, I've seen people having conversations, who's the king of Florida? And yeah, Kodak, hey, you might be more talented, but Rod Wave is bigger than you. Is Kodak still more talented? I think so. He just sad, bro. He's lived a sad life, and I don't think he has any happiness. So that's why his music is the way it is. Him and Jack Boy need to become friends again. Uh, yeah, hey, I saw he got off house arrest or whatever, beat his case potentially, so good for him. But yeah, Rod Wave put out an album this year. He's on tour. None of he us got fans. Yeah, none of us listened to the album. The album is called Nostalgia. It's the number one album in America when it dropped. I don't know. And he put out five singles, allegedly. Don't know none of these songs. He reminds me of like when Kevin Gates was dropping like number one albums. Nah, I, I I heard Kevin Gates in the streets though. I don't. But we were him. younger though. I feel like if we were younger, we would hear Rod Wave. Yeah, but that's I I hear Rod Wave too. But these kids don't be having fun to this guy. We, I heard they him. love him though, dog. Like yeah, I know a like girl. Who, I know a girl who's like twenty one who loves Rod Wave. Yeah, they, they they listen to some of these songs. The intro is called Nostalgia. By the way, Rod Wave is fucking twenty five years old. Anyways. Nostalgia. Hey, you have nostalgia. Yeah, you can. Nostalgia, you can have nostalgia at 10, but hey, the song is with a group called Wet, an American indie pop band. So you already know where he's going. He's getting that white money. And then he got Long Journey, Call Your Friends, HG4, Come See Me, Crazy Love for a Thug, Checkmate, Fight the Feeling. I've noticed that the whites love a lot of that, like, Pain music. Uh, don't ask me why, but yesterday I accidentally went into like um, ICP's weird world of the rap. Game. We know your style, and um, because I was watching what interview. Oh yeah, I was watching. I happened to come across um, what did that? What led me there? I forgot. I was watching somebody's interview. Probably watching Marky Marcus. Sorry. No, nah, I was watching an interview, and they mentioned like um, I- ICP and Tech Nine and their little beef. So I was like, whoa, the weirdos got beef, like. I wanted to just see what was going on in there. So I just went in their little world and I was like, why do people like these motherfuckers? I don't get it. So I listened to ICP and a few of their artists throughout the years music just to see what the fuck people like. And all the comments, they kept saying like, oh, this song got me through stuff. Oh, I like them because they can relate to like us sad people. So I'm starting to think that those type of fans like all that. I'm sad, Eminem, sad type of shit. Mm, Yeah, maybe people like being sad, I guess maybe that's cool, but uh, so it made me think of like, like the white fans that Rod Wave probably has. I got a homie that you know, his nephews, little homies be listening to Rod Wave, and he said he was serious too. He said parents need to stop it because these kids shouldn't be listening to this sad stuff. <laughs> I think niggas are really sad though because they like yeah, these niggas are know, depressed out here, man. Niggas be on social media and shit, so. Yeah, niggas are sad as hell out here. People are not happy because they can't live life the way they want to because everybody wants to live like a baller, but 
niggas ain't making baller money, but that's another story for another day. His prom pictures and homecoming pictures aren't as cool as the other kids because you know these kids got like Maybachs and stuff at prom. Yeah, prom as night. an adult, your vacation picks ain't as cool as some people's vacation picks, and you can't go to some restaurants like some people can go. And hey, you ain't got the money to sit that low at the Wizards game compared. So hey, it's all relative. Yep, yep. So yeah, shout out to all the sad people out there bumping Rod Wave. Do you think this brother is going to be the face of rap soon? I don't even consider him a rapper because I don't know. I, every time I hear him, he's singing his ass off. But I guess he's qualified as a rapper. Um, I think he's the only young person that I can think of that's like him and young boy that are like doing numbers where it's reaching me. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I don't think the rage people are ever going to be able to become like the face of rap. Or, or either that or their fans, young people just don't buy music because we didn't buy music like that. But I did speak for yourself. But um, I just think that I mean, I still buy music. He could be the face of rap. I mean, I don't know what's where rap's going on these days. So I used to be able to kind of forecast it a little bit. I do think that blog, that new blog era 2.0 thing is coming, but I can't I can't call nothing. Yeah, I'm on the iTunes store, and Rod Wave's album is definitely in the rap category. It's being sold for $6.99. Good deal if you're into that, kids. So, yeah, but yeah. Kodak Ben kind of lost Florida to me. Yeah, he lost Florida like five years ago, probably. When the Who I Smoke people was out, they was doing more shit than him. And yeah, like, Jacksonville took it over, yeah. Jacksonville and Tallahassee did their thing, wherever Hot Boy's from. Where's that young man from that disappeared? I'm stepping on him. I'm stepping on him. What's that? Where's that kid at? With a little old, young looking one. Yeah, the one that rapped like like the new Twenty One Savage. Oh, Nardo. Yeah, they, Jacksonville, I think. Yeah, see, people like Nardo though. Yeah, they do. He's cool. Running to people who love Nardo like more than I me. Like, like the even... song he did for the um, what's it called? Dang, I forgot the homie's name. The Black Panther soundtrack. The homie. Oh, that... you mean Fred Hammond? Yeah, Fred Ham. Yeah, Fred Fred Hampton. He said Fred Hammond, the gospel singer. Yeah, yeah, Fred Hampton. <laughs> yeah, he. I, I declare war. That song. Yeah, but eh, I don't know, man. Rod Wave being the king of rap is that's hell no. I mean, who's supposed to be the king of rap? There's no young lyrical miracle people. Yeah, the kings of rap are still J Cole, Drake. They going on tour together. You know, Kendrick can't go on tour with no other superstar rapper because there's only, like, literally three of them. So, well, no, not three because Travis is on tour right now. He's a superstar again. He has the highest sold rap album of the year. Got nominated for a rap album of the year at the Grammys. Is Kendrick a better rapper than Andre 3000? Yeah. Yeah, I just saw that on Twitter. I just wanted to know what you thought. Of course he is. That's easy, right? Yeah, I mean, Andre 3000 is amazing. He's special, but even Kendrick now, he probably has the same. He probably, his catalog is probably better than Outkast because Outkast's last album is Idlewild and no one cares about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd rather have Outkast had six albums. You can say Kendrick, he has, you can say he has quote unquote six albums since Mr. Morale and the double and the big steppers is a double album so 
I'd rather have, and I like Untitled Unmastered, and the Black Album soundtrack that he did was fire, and Overly Dedicated, and the Kendrick Lamar EP are fire. So if you're just talking about who can rap better, like on a verse, then yeah, probably it is Andre 3000, because he has more notable legendary verses on different type of beats, features, all type of stuff. But if you're just talking about whose career is better, then you have to go with Kendrick. Are you excited for Andre's new flute album? I'll listen to it. Not excited per se, but I'm definitely going to listen to it. I told you and Osei in our chat that if that album, The Magic Zone for me is 35 to 50 minutes. But if I'm a fan of yours, then I'll listen to an album that's over an hour. Much respect to Young Jeezy. I used to be a massive fan of you as a kid. But I don't think I can listen to a double album of Young Jeezy. I don't know. In 2023, I don't know. I'll Maybe I'll try one day. But shout out to Gucci. I used to hate on you because of my love for Jeezy. Then I became a fan. But I don't think I'm going to listen to your double album. Nah, I liked him in high school. By the time... You liked him at NSU. You didn't like nah, him. Nah, I liked him junior year going into senior year because of people oh, like... Oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Because of people like d yeah, no. by senior year, I didn't hate on Gucci. No, no. Yeah, no. by senior year, high school, when he did sorry, the games, the girls. I'm the sorry, movie. buddy. This ain't, ain't this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. But it's the truth. That's what I'm it's, saying. That's not the truth. We gonna maybe, on maybe, culture in an hour. I'm gonna talk to this about maybe by the end of senior year. And I'll, say, I'll give you. I'll give you by the end of senior year high school. Junior year, going into senior year, hell to the no. Yeah, because. The no. Gangsta Grills came out in the fall. You probably the- didn't respect them until freshman year of college. So, no. Nah. No, there's no way that's I'm letting you slide with that one. You did not like Gucci, man. No goddamn junior year. I did. I respected him. No, that's did. when I became a fan. You didn't like my kitchen and shit like that? No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Like, I liked OJ. I used to like OJ the Juice Man. <laughs> he was not fucking with Gucci in no goddamn junior year. I think that I, was. Anthony, I feel like Anthony can even um, confirm that. Yeah, Anthony can, because Anthony was in my class when we were in high school bumping Gucci, man, in the computer lab. He is the perfect person to stamp it. That's what I'm saying with Osei. Junior year? Yeah, it was junior year. No, it was senior year. That's what I'm saying. By the time the fall senior year of high school, I was fucking with Gucci. That's what I'm saying, because I remember when the movie- You said junior going into senior. Yeah, by the end of junior year going into senior year, because by the end of junior year, that's when- uh, what's it called? EA Sports Center came out May 1st, 2008, according to Wikipedia. That's my favorite Gucci project of all time. That came out the month before we finished junior year. That's when I started fucking with him. And then by the time the movie came out, that came out September 16, 2008. That's our second week of school starting the senior year. I fucked with that mixtape. I was listening to that mixtape. I had it on my iPod. Shout out to Andy. He was one of the starters on our basketball team. I used to talk to him about Gucci a lot because by that I'll be forgetting how like how um young we were when we were listening to Gucci. That's what I'm saying. You niggas be acting like we were fucking 25 years old. We were fucking 16, 15, 16. We were kids. And I just feel like Gucci bled. He bled so hard in the college. I just be thinking of like um senior year but i'll be nah, forgetting it's like 07 08 for real you can ask d-lo d-lo and osay them niggas were big gucci fans though those were the niggas i kicked it with the most they basically forced me to like gucci they, that because that's all they would play 
Because that was the thing. You had to fight niggas about Gucci back in the days. Yeah, because he was too too geeky because you weren't ready yet you had to like fight because people still like bars people like little wayne was still the king of rap so niggas still like niggas that rap so gucci was just coming through with like seeing like oh all right that's what jeezy did all right i can do ad libs i can get flavor i can slow down my flow because gucci when you listen to gucci on so icy it's not the same gucci that made my kitchen or swing my door or lawnmower man he changed his style Mm -hmm. young jeezy Made a lot of niggas slow down and honor their flow, and even though he killed so icy, but I know what you mean, though. He did, though. He did, but Jeezy, people knew that song because of Jeezy. Because Jeezy, that's why that's why Jay Z needed that song. He mm-hmm. says, Zaytoven, we need that because mm-hmm. Jeezy went so crazy, people thought it was Jeezy's song already because he had the first verse and he went stupid. But that's the thing because of how rap it was at that time. by Junior year, I can tell you, 2008, I liked Nas. I still like Nas. I was fooling with the clips. I'm still a Pusha T fan. Uh, Who else put out music around that era? Like, rest in peace, Pimp C. He passed away December 4th, 2007. I was bumping that UGK album heavy. Uh, You can ask Quissy, one of our mutual homies. You know, I got Bobby by the pound. But that's not on that project, but yeah. But, um. But you know, yeah, like I was listening to around that era, I was listening to the street stuff. I was listening to the underground stuff. So you didn't really get on Boosie, though. I respected Boosie. You can ask D-Lo. I, like, we used to have debates who's better, Boosie or Lil Wayne. And I used Boosie to like, was All right. killing shit. He was killing time. it. That's what I'm saying. And what's it called? Anthony was a big Boosie fan. He was making me respect him. And then also Osei, he was... Heavy into the Trill fan because he loved Webby. He fooled with Lil Fat a lot. Those were really his guys, but he fooled with Boosie too. But that's what I'm saying. Because of my friends, like D-Lo was bumping Boosie a lot. So I was like, all right, I respect him. Like, yeah, you're right. I never became a Boosie fan, but I did respect him. Like, I got a couple of his albums because of D-Lo and them niggas bumping him. Like, Niggas the- used to love Lil Fat. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, like, I used to like... I, I respected the badass album. And then, you know, by the time uh, Super Bad, the return of Boosie Badass, you know, with Better Believe It and that stuff, we were in college by then. Like, I remember Anthony being hyped, like when Boosie would drop a tape and stuff. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I never was a big Boosie fan. But also, I respected Boosie and them because I was like, oh, those that's Pimp C's little boys, man. So, I'm a Pimp C fan. So, I'm like, all right, if Pimp C is stamping them, I have to respect them. But yeah, yeah, like there was a lot of rap that I was like, ah, okay, that's cool. I respect it, but it might not be for me. But by that era, 2008, you know, Lil Wayne was the king of rap. And the I just knew the New York niggas was out of here. I just knew it by then. Like, I just, yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was listening to plies and shit and like Boosie. Like, I knew like these New York niggas can't give me none of this shit. Like, you're right, because you can shout out to my homies in Hayfield. I brought that Swisher house there. I brought it there because, huh? yeah, that was 2004. Like I said, 2003 was the last year New York had it. By 2004, niggas was listening to Atlanta more. Niggas was listening to Texas more. Then by 2005, we're more into Atlanta. Jeezy comes out with Thug Motivation 101. Then Dedication 2 comes out. Like 
it was over. Like then Louisiana started pulling up. Then Florida. You know I, mean? I used to up. hate on Dipset. I used to laugh at Dipset. So literally, and I used to hate on Jay Z. I'm still not a Jay Z fan. So literally, by the time 2005, 2006, 2007, the only New York rapper I was literally listening to was Nas. I liked Papoose for a while, but we saw he didn't really last. Like Nas was really literally the only New York nigga I was bumping. Then you like Pat Poose. Yeah, I used to fool <laughs> Shout out to Alert. Accurate AK's annual ink. Mm-hmm. See, you know, Quincy used to bump alphabetical slaughter. He was made Brick City, respect. Brick City. Mm-hmm. Accurate AK's. Yeah. People thought C D Zigzag Z. People thought he was gonna be like a new Nas because of how he was with making concept records, his wordplay, different style. Even New York on my ring finger. Yeah, the the what was his crew thug attainment? Like he was trying to be be a yeah, he was trying to be a thug and educate people. But it was Cassidy. It was like niggas was loving big. Yeah, I didn't see. I wasn't a Cassidy. I didn't like Cassidy, Lloyd Banks, Pat Poos, New York niggas was trying back then. I didn't like. I didn't. You can ask Osei. Osei was a big Lloyd Banks fan. I wasn't fooling with none of that punchline rap. The only punchline rap I liked of that era was Lil Wayne, Paul Wall, Ludacris, like the South punchline rappers, because they had more charisma and they were funny and witty and had more style with their flows. While the New York uh, Northeast punchline rappers like Fabulous, Lloyd Banks, Cassidy, that wasn't really my style. I didn't really like that. And then it's just funny, like New Yorkers, like all the people who weren't street were doing all that pat poo shit and then like the street niggas like um like main on them they weren't getting no chance for me and then you had like the swaggy niggas like max b and shit i could get with that way more but like all the main uncle murder because you remember uncle murder was from back then too yeah that shit that wasn't working yes and uh what's it called i forgot his name uh dang he uh saigon he was back oh that never it just never worked (laughs) His name was Saigon, so that I threw tried me. to listen to his mixtape. He, it was our and he was, was lifting weights and shit a lot. With was that. In, I was, was locked in Virginia. It. Yeah, you know he was a jail. I never even heard a song. It was just not working. I heard the only song I remember from him is uh, "Come On Baby" with a uh, Jay Z on it. Uh, just Blaze made the beat. Yeah, it wasn't working for me. I don't know what New York was thinking, trying to push that. And then Red Cafe it seems like that he could never do nothing either for him. Mean, he had like a little shit that was sneak through, but. Yeah, New York was in a what else? New York was in an ugly place. Ugh. Yeah, but hey, man, back to this Andre three thousand album real quick. That was a long way to come back and say yes. <laughs> I will listen to the Andre three thousand album. Not excited, but I'm. I am gonna listen to it. I like the track list. How he made the, you know, titles extra long because he ain't rapping. There's no lyrics on this project. It makes me mad because. He got bars in the in the names. Yeah, but hey, that's, that's like pussy part. rolls off the tongue better than vagina. Don't don't you agree? That's a line. It does, but hey, it is what it is. I like his interview with NPR. It was real cool. He talks about wanting to make a rap album on the intro, but he can't. Every time he raps, it's not good enough for him to put it out. It doesn't move him. He said, "I still get new beats from people. I still." make beats myself but i don't every time i try to rap it doesn't inspire me the same way but hey he rapped this year with his dungeon family brothers killer mike and future on scientists and engineers and that song is nominated 
for two Grammys. So obviously the nigga can still rap, but he's more inspired when he's doing features because it's like, all right, I'm helping one of my homies. Like for the example for Killer Mike, Killer Mike is like, oh, I'm just trying to help one of my homies. He has an album because Andre 3000 is one of the producers on the track. He's the one that, according to Killer Mike on uh, Joe Budden, he's the one that put Future on it and, you know, helped create the direction the song went into. So, mm-hmm. obviously, he still has a sound ear as a producer. He still has a sound ear as a writer and a rapper, but it's more so when he's working with other people than on his own. And, by the way, that song, Scientists and Engineers, Future doesn't have a credit on it. So you know what that means. He didn't write it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So who do you think wrote his verse? Andre 3000 or Killer Andre Mike? Andre Benjamin. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's, hey, I ben got Jammin. it. I got it for you, meathead. Don't worry about it. He probably ben was like, Jammin. man, he's like, man, I don't want to work with no Killer Mike. Oh, come on, man. Help him out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to work with no Killer Mike. Well, because you, I realized I used to wonder, like, hey, man, they're the youngest guys in the Dungeon family still doing numbers. How come they never work together? Then I realized, oh, yeah, they probably because just because they're the youngest people in the Dungeon popping doesn't mean that they were really friends. You already know. Killer Mike was like a part of the last era of the Dungeon family in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Then future. And when he was in the connect, that was like the underground, underground uh, dungeon family when everybody mostly split up. So they probably didn't really kick it around each other that much. And, you know, I respect Andre 2000 because I agree with you. I think he wrote the verse. So I respect him for writing that shit for future because that was a typical future verse, but it had more of like flair and charisma because of the, you know, the direction of the beat and all that. And I was wondering at first if there was a sample, but I can't find it. So shout out to y'all for making that dope ass beat. Uh, Andre 3000, DJ Paul, James Blake, No ID, and Twitchy exclusive. So yeah, that beat was pretty crazy. It was yeah. So does that does this affect Future's legacy now that you know that he didn't write his verse on that? Maybe he didn't write his verse on other stuff. No, it doesn't. But. I will say though, is it because um, he's not considered a lyricist, so you don't care? Like if he was like Nas or something. Nah, if he didn't write a lot of his music, that would kind of suck. I don't really. I, I like. I grew up like on Tupac, so like that whole lyrical miracle stuff never was like put at the forefront for me. I don't put but that. Tupac hard. wrote everything he did. No one can say I wrote for Tupac. Well, he didn't write trap supposedly. Oh uh, well, hey, his right. friend wrote it and tried to throw it away, and he was like, "Nigga, what? This shit hard. I'm using this." Well, yeah, I do like that song. And shout out to you know the OG on the ad libs. You know, rest in peace. Uh, but um, and like Jay Z, he's not like a lyrical miracle nigga to me, at least. Now he is though. Yeah, not to you because you like not flow wise. It's yeah, not yeah, but nigga, what? He's the compound rhymer. But he's not like. Visualizing the realism and life in actuality and all that type of shit. He don't do that to me. Yeah, because when he used to rap like that, he was rapping fast and no one cared. He, Nas and them taught him how to slow down and honor his flow. Same thing, Biggie. Well, just like you helped me realize how much Nas helped change how rappers evolved in New York because Wu-Tang, they were aggressive for the most part. Um Raekwon was cool. He was smooth. And that's why he is like the mafioso Don. It's him and Nas because 
like I said, Nas created the Nas Escobar character for Only Built for Cuban Links because Raekwon was like, hey, man, everybody on this album, you got to have an alias. You got to have a nickname. So that's when Nas became Nas Escobar. And if you listen to how Nas raps on Illmatic till it was written, the flow is the same. The cadences are different because the bounce of the beats are different. But if you listen to, like I mentioned last week, if you listen to Biggie in 1994, when I'm rolling like this and I'm... Then next thing you know, 1997, I'm not yelling no more. I'm real cool. Did you see Nas um, auditioning for Rico? Yeah, yeah, I put it in the chat, and none, none of you niggas said nothing a couple of days ago. Yeah, I saw Did it. Did you think it was good? Nah, he, he, was made a good Rico? And, he was stuttering and mixed. I see why they needed Cameron's charisma. Yeah, that wouldn't have been. And then they had most deaf, trying to be ace. <laughs> God damn, it's crazy. Conscious Brothers think. trying to beat trappers? Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> hey, well, Nas has street tales. He, he talked about how he took... He took a brick from a jungle and had to flip it real quick, but he paid him back. Isn't that? He talks about that girl a lot that stole from him. Yeah, I realized it's a different girl. I was bumping that song the other day, uh, the joint with him and Nas. Man, that's my jam. But yeah, it's a different. And I just realized that I was like, oh, so I was like, man, that nigga Nas, I be forgetting he be having different youngins, man. But um, it's just funny. A Queens nigga and a Brooklyn nigga want to be a Harlem nigga in the movie, so they had to get a real Harlem nigga to do it. Yeah, man, just get. I think Makai Fife is from Harlem. Makai, yeah. Hey, man, do your Googles, man. It ain't that hard. Let's see. Makai Pfeiffer, born in New York City. It says he was born in Harlem and raised in a single parent household. So yeah, well, it says born in Harlem and raised in a. So I don't know. You know how New Yorkers are. It's like growing up in the DMV. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they live all over the city. Mm -hmm. Just like how ODB. And Jizz are originally from Brooklyn, you know, but they also bang with Staten Island because they lived over there. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Tupac, wasn't he born in like Harlem, but he also lived in the Bronx or things like that? You know how it is. People move around. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I could see Makai Pfeiffer being from Harlem. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, having that charisma because he was perfect for it. He was born in 1974. So by yeah, the time it's, yeah, by the time it's 1989, he's 14 going on 15. So he grew up in that era seeing those drug dealers. The same thing. That's why I think Cam, it was so natural for him. Like, nigga, I grew up in, this is my era. Mm-hmm. I don't have, because Cameron in that shit, that nigga wasn't acting. He was just yeah, he's not acting at all. He I knew that as a kid. Himself. I knew that as a kid. Like, this <laughs> seems a little, like, realistic somehow. <laughs> he was being himself. <laughs> okay but he was so good at it because yeah a part of being a rapper is being a character having that charisma and personality and he was perfect for it you're right shout out to wood harris that brother's from chicago but he 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 did a new yorker well don't you think yeah, yeah he did it very well very very well and i think it also helped out because i'm from chicago like i saw the same thing growing up nigga yeah, that's why he was able to do the wire and shit easy. Exactly. Too. Like, I grew up in the same shit. It's just Chicago streets aren't as glamorized as New York because Chicago streets are really hell. And I forget that he was in Above the Rim, too. So he'd been of course, doing it. He's been, been in New York been, for a minute. He's been a New Yorker. 
Kind of like Dave Chappelle. He's like he was like a fake New Yorker for a while. Yeah, he was. He is still a, him and uh, what's my man's name? Ashley Larry. They they fake New Yorkers, man. They they're a part of that DMV generation that you like to say that I was a part of. Also, which you're right. The uh the DMV era that was looking at New York as our cultural center point. You know, because I mean, it, I feel like Ashley Larry. He reps like being from Nah. Let me tell you something, son. Alexandria. He sounds like a New Yorker. Donnell Rollins. That yeah. boy's a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something, son. That brother is a New Yorker. Yeah, hell no. Yeah, shout out to him though. I, I fuck with. I never hear him talk about Alexandria. I just uh, yeah, let me tell you. I, he talks about Alexandria a lot. Because he went to TC, he mentions. Yeah, yeah, he did go to TC. You but know, um, kicking it with an older homie today. We was at a, you know, doing some some data center movements, man. Another story for another day. And he was telling me, he was like, "Where you from, man? Your accent." I was like, "Well, I have an accent." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, from Alexandria." And he's like, "Oh, okay." He was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Damn!" I, he believed it because he was like, he was like, "Yeah, I live near the harbor, man." I was like, "Whoa, okay, whoa, I'm not from that side, but I, I hear you." <laughs> so I guess hey, I have an Alexandra accent. I learned something today at 32 years old. Hmm. Sometimes people just be wanting to make conversation. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> I was like, "What? What accent?" Nigga, what are you talking about? Yeah, but I don't know. Sometimes I have some. Then it was just lonely. He just wanted to make be a. Nah, friend. nah. He was cool though. He was real cool. He, I told him, I told him about Andre 3000's flute album. He said, "Man, that nigga weird." I, oh man, you can I tell. Actually... He, He's a city nigga, bro. He cause car. I was, I was like, hey, did you fuck with Outkast growing up? He was like, hell yeah, I fucked with Outkast. He was like, yeah, growing up in you know DC and shit, we ain't listen to rap that much, but Outkast they had style. Even when three thousand started getting weird, niggas still fuck with him because that nigga was just different. It was like some Parliament shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. I was like, yeah, he about to come out with a fluid album. He said, man, that nigga weird. He got mad. He is weird, but I hope it's good background music, like just good. Like how I like listening to a tall black guy. I hope it gives me those kind of vibes. It's 87 minutes, eight songs. But every, every I wonder if it's going to be Asian like flute music or jazzy flute music. Hey, man, it's all type of shit. It's eight songs. He said I never was good at freestyling rap, but everything I do with the flute, I improvise because I don't read notes and I don't do none of that stuff. I don't know how to play music the traditional way with scales and what what minor what yeah all that so he said all of this is improv so i'm not really used to the flute being like my shit like that even when i played in a band like i didn't really fuck with the flute niggas that much i respect clarinet niggas more now as an adult saxophone is cool you know that's like always like the popular one but i used to hate on them too because i played trumpet so i used to hate on those niggas shout out to miles davis man the greatest trumpet player of all time i fuck with like strings niggas more and um, I used to kind of hate on uh, tubas too, but I fuck with them more. Trombones, I used to be like, what, what are these niggas doing? But I fuck with them more too. But um, yeah, I never really was like a flute nigga like that for real. But I just know that people keep playing the um, Boondocks song with LeBron and Two Chains, saying like, "This is how mm-hmm. the new Andre 3000 album gonna be." Mm-hmm. They or they, or they use the Dave Chappelle skit. Doodly, doodly, doodly. <laughs> I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they were getting that heavy. They yeah. need it. Like I said, I just hope it's good background music. When I want to like 
have something in the background but think and drive and just kind of you know process what i'm doing i hope it gives me that kind of or stuff. it might be it might be music you want to make love to you never know man hey just i don't wait. know his flute looks scary bro that joint wooden and scary looking he got a, he said i got hey man the the journalist shout out to you that did the interview on npr it was a good interview he asked that brother 3000 how many flutes you got he said about 30 or 40 the journalist said damn I didn't know you had that much. He got a lot of flutes, man. It looked more like a recorder. It looks more like a recorder. He got a lot of flutes. He's working with... He even has digital flutes, nigga. Why does he like the flute so much? Hey, man, he said that's the flute. That's the instrument that sounds the closest to the human voice. Hmm. Interesting. So that's what he's rocking with because before he used to like guitar a lot. That was what he created on. Like when he made the love below, a lot of that was based on the guitar. Then you know, as he got older, got interested in other instruments, and they the flute called him. Well, the flute is the one where you blow into pause. Yeah, so that's without what anything, the, like because you know clarinet has a reed. Yeah, and trumpet has a reed. And yes, yeah. So trumpet is your lips. You you got to yeah, do that to exactly. it. So flute's like I guess is breathing. Yeah, it shows your know to... Yeah, you get to hear more flows and flavors from people. So... I used to laugh at French horn niggas too. Hey man, let them do their thing. <laughs> I used to be like that little curly ass trumpet. Whoa, you didn't like that? That joke was a trumpet like in a circle. Hey man. And trombone niggas was just I didn't get I was just like why like you just sliding a thing, but in New Orleans they make all that shit look tight. Flute, mm-hmm. clarinet, like when the second line come through. All the instruments sound tight. They be killing that shit. I don't That's know if you've cool. never been. Have you been in New Orleans? Nope, not yet. I almost went to school in New Orleans at Xavier University, but uh, it was too close. It was still a couple years after Katrina. I had to look straight. If the scholarship I mean, it been the money, same as Norfolk. if I got more scholarship money, I probably would have went. But it nah. been the same as Norfolk world. Nah, it probably would have been if I if I moved to New Orleans, I would probably never move back to Virginia. I probably would have just moved to Texas and never come back because <laughs> I got a lot of family in Texas. So yeah, I can't imagine you living in Louisiana, honestly. I could, hey, I could live anywhere, man. I'm a country boy, man. My family's from the mountains. I can live you anywhere. You probably could, cause Louisiana is like country Norfolk. It's like real. You're saying I'm a country boy, man. That's why I. That's why I was relaxed in Ellensburg. Shout out to my brother, Duke. That brother's posted up in the mountains in Kibbe on the farm right now. And he's the bougiest nigga I know. But we country boys in our heart. But yeah, man, you got to go to the NL, man. That's one of my favorite cities. I'm now. definitely going to go there. Hell yeah. New Orleans. I've never been to California. There's a lot of places I got to still investigate in America. I've been to over 35. I've actually like been and actually did stuff in like 35 states in America. And I just drive by it. So I have been to most of America. I've driven through most of it, but I have done stuff in like a lot of it too. So definitely got to make plays in Louisiana. Definitely got to make plays in California. Still never went to Vegas. I got a lot of places where I got to go. Yeah, I've been to every single Southern state and I've been to Missouri, Illinois, Indiana. Yeah, I've been been there. I was in Indiana when Andrew Luck retired. Like I always say, I've never seen white people so sad. They were sick. Yeah, he really dipped out on them. Ah, I'm I'm tired of getting hit. I'm going home. Remember how he used to talk? Yeah, man. God bless him. He grew up rich. He need to. He need. He didn't need to suffer for life like Deshaun Watson. 
My man got been, another season engine surgery, huh? But I've been to every southern state, Pennsylvania, um, not really Delaware. I just drove through it. Been to Vegas. I, I made moves in Delaware. Shout out to y'all, man. You know how we get down in Dover. Been to Cali, been to Nevada, and that's about it. I've never been to like Colorado or nothing like that. Or like Boston. I got it in New Hampshire, man. I did numbers over there. Shout out to Exeter. Y'all know me. The furthest north I've been on the East Coast is the Hudson Valley. Man, I did numbers in Toronto. Y'all know me, man. We call Soda Pop up there. Mm. I've been everywhere up here. We, I went to Florida with you. That was my first time going to Florida. I know you've been to Florida before that, but that was the first time me going to Florida, and that was legendary. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I only been to Orlando at that point. That was my first time in Miami. True, true. I love Miami. Miami's pretty Yeah, it's, a, it's excellent. A very special place. Yeah, Miami's fun. My Miami. All right. Well, before we disappear, I got to ask you, do you think Pusha T is an underachiever? Hmm. This is inspired by executive, label executive. He used to be like the vice president of A&R at Epic Records, Ray Daniels. He was on a podcast and he said, how many artists do you know have gotten the chance to get Unlimited, Pharrell, and Kanye beats and they still don't have a solo hit song. And I was like, eh, that's a good point. And no, even, I... huh? Oh, go ahead. And All even right. like I said last year, when we were talking about Pusha T putting out It's Almost Dry, Pharrell said, How long do you want to be a mixtape rapper? So even Pharrell looks at him like, Hey man, you ain't as you ain't as good as you should be, man. Why you keep wanting to do this underground shit? So even Pharrell think that brother is underachiever. So I don't think he's an underachiever because he never made commercial music, no matter who was the producer. Um, I think that but they the made him do songs like "When's the Last Time" with his brother. You know, they try to make him do pop stuff. Remember, and he it was, worked. He was on the first Justin Timberlake single. Him and his it worked when he did um "When the Last Time" and um and um Mr. Me Too worked. Man, Model of her was even Mr. Doing Me stuff. Too didn't work, man. Mr. Me Too worked. It did. It worked for us because we liked the song, but in sales, nah, it didn't. I'm just saying. I remember when it came out when we were younger. Everybody liked that song. Yeah, people liked the song, but uh, it didn't even make the Billboard Top 100. That's what we talk about. No hits. It's a nice. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think he's an underachiever. He's a gritty, um, street rapper. He never did like throw it in the bag or try to do no fabulous shit. Nah, ever. he tried. It just didn't work. He has songs like that on his albums. He has a uh, song with Kelly Rowland on it. He has a song with Chris Brown, but because hey. like that means, well, I can't say him because every street it. rapper has made a. Oh, hit. does Freeway have a hit? Yeah. What we do is wrong is a hit. Yeah. How? Because everybody yeah. likes the song, huh? Nah, I'm oh. about to look at the charts. Let's see. Uh, because I'm pretty sure that did well. Because you know, Rockefeller did numbers. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Jay Z is on it. Yeah, nigga. But yeah, hey, good point. See, it peaked number 97 on Billboard Top 100, but it made the top 100 and Just Blaze made the beat. Yeah, but what else does he have? Freeway? Rock the Mic? Is that his song? Yeah. <laughs> it's him and Beanie Seagulls, both of ours. Yeah, I, I just don't look at Pusha T as an underachiever, mainly because he's, to me, was just a popular underground rapper. But you see how quick you named two two freeway hit songs yeah with just blaze beats 
Yeah, and made to be hits. And Pharrell beats. That's the point. Nothing Kanye gave him is made to be a hit. Nothing on Daytona is for a hit. That's the point. That's why Pharrell told him, "Nigga, you just want to be a mixtape rapper." That's what he is. You don't have underachiever. He's not an underachiever to me. I think he is underachiever because even his big homie Pharrell looks at him like, "Hey, man, you should." But that's Mister Hitman, though. But that's my point. If your best friend, you say your best friend, you said. This man was the best man at your wedding. If Mr. Hitman is your best friend, nigga, you better have a hit. It's I think just the like fact how Jay Z looks at Memphis Bleak, like, "Hey, boy, you've been around here. You didn't become a legend." That don't count because I don't. I never really liked Memphis Bleak. But... Yeah, but it's kind of the same thing that Jay Z was always willing to help you. I even gave Dear Summer. That's my song. Like, put, Memphis Bleak. Now. Memphis Bleak ain't got like no Adidas deal and stuff like that. Like. Virgil didn't. But you can argue, yeah, you can argue he got an Adidas deal because Pharrell got an Adidas deal first, and then said, "Put my little homie on." That's what I'm still though. Like, nah, you can argue it, but nah, I just think that Pusha T, like even Virgil said, like Pyrex and Off White was like inspired by Pusha T. Yeah, that's my point. Pyrex first, then went to Off White. Like he's connected to bigger things to me than um than Memphis Bleak ever was. So that's why I don't think he's an underachiever. I think Pusha T is an underachiever because once one brother broke it down, like every street rapper has, well, not every, but basically all the 2000s cocaine kings, they at least had a hit song. Even Gucci Man had a run, huh? Everybody. He don't count. He's a Southern rapper. But hey, well, Pusha T's from the 757 and he raps like a New Yorker. So That's hey. What I'm saying. What New York street, like, barred out rappers are like, are bigger than Pusha T from his huh? time? Fabulous. No, he's not that. Fabulous is a singles lover boy guy. Yeah, but he's also a street rapper. No, he's a he's a he's not like a gritty New York street rapper to me. But one of his biggest songs is Breathe, which is a gritty street song. Even he, that's my point. Even even Fabulous has Blaze again. That's funny. Yeah, but that's the point. Even Fabulous has a street hit song off that, like off talking about a nigga getting shot and how they the last breaths of life, like. Pusha T don't even have that. That's that's technically true, but still, his clip stuff is that grinding. Yeah, that's twenty one years. None ago. of that's bigger than grinding. How long? Breathe is twenty years ago. Yeah, but that's the point. Uh, like Ray Daniels said, he was like, "Yeah, your your biggest songs are with your brother or with Kanye on the song, like Mercy, uh, you know, different shit like that." It's like never your songs. Never was Freeway's song. Hey, it was both of ours. What's the biggest Prodigy song? By himself. Exactly. He don't have no intro. Nah. Keep it thorough. Styles P got a hit. Styles P got a hit. Styles P got high. Styles P. Keep it thorough ain't no damn hit. Keep it thorough? No, it's not a hit. I love that song, but that's not a hit. Styles P got good times. That's a good example to me. He's a street rapper and he got good times. I don't know yeah. if that did anything. Because he gets it. high, yeah. You know Pusha T don't do drugs. And Jadakiss, what's his biggest hit? Why? With Anthony Hamilton. <laughs> it was a top 10 song in America. <laughs> why Why Jesus had to make water in the wine? Yeah. Why, <laughs> yeah. why the president ain't black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then four wow. years later, the president was black. See, he... I don't even know if he said that. I just know he was asking. No, 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 no. Let him have it. He said it. Go ahead. Why this was happening? Why was that happening? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you talk about like the Jadakiss, Freeway, Beanie Seagulls, um, Styles P, Prodigies, that's what Pusha T is more 
close to. Fabulous is more like a mace, almost a Diddy type of nigga. Yeah, and who else tries to be like Mace on songs sometimes? Pusha T. <laughs> no. No. He just no. did it on Call My Bluff on the album last year. No. He likes rapping like Mace sometimes. He's done it on his first album, too, on the song with Kelly Rowland. So, hey, man, you try to rap like Mace. You say Biggie's your biggest inspiration. Biggie made his. His voice just sounds like Mace, but he wasn't doing like... He was. Go back and listen. Go back and listen to "Call My Bluff" and listen to us. I know what you're talking about. His voice sounds like it, not his flow. He even talked about how he was trying to be like Mace on those songs. He didn't do like "I Don't Want to Get Rich, See You in the Hood, Girl in My Eyes," and like "I've Been Around." Because he's not that much of a player, you know that. Not been around. That's different to me. Like I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. His his Cameron's another good example. Yeah, there's a lot of street niggas that made hits. He he couldn't do it, but hey, I'm still. I don't a- even think he tried though. Uh, uh well, I just don't think he tried. That's that's why I don't say he's a underachiever. That's the only reason why I get what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. But I could see if he was like chasing like a single out and then it didn't work. I would say okay, he's an underachiever. But he never tried to do it, so I don't think he's an underachiever only because of that reason. Yeah, I think. Even if you don't try, you have to try, nigga. What the hell are you on a major label for? Why are you signed to Kanye? That's the point. Even Common had a hit song. He ain't a street Kanye. dude. Yeah, but um, that's my point. Common, if you look at Common's career up to that point, he was never successful uh, in the charts. His first, he only made has gold albums. His first gold album is B with Kanye. And then his second gold album is Fine and Forever. So that's my point. Kanye has made hits with people that don't make hits. The biggest Slum Village song that we know is with Kanye. The biggest Dilated People song that we know is with Kanye. So, But they're hippity-hoppity people. It's easy for them to talk about love and shit. That's That's what what all those hits were about. But that's what I'm saying. The street, even the street niggas, Biggie could do it. Jay-Z could talk about girls. All of them could talk about girls in cool ways. But the prodigy does it. Beanie Seagulls, that's what Pusha T's with the prodigies being even feel it in the air is fire. That's what I'm saying. He don't even have to feel it in the air. That ain't no hit. And that song is all right. That song is fire, man. I I smell niggas coming and all that shit. That shit ain't all that. That shit is good, man. I never understood why people like that song so much. Hey, man, it's 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 emotional. Rest in peace, heavy D on the beat. The joint's fire. I can feel it in the air. Yeah, baby. The girl killed it, but um, yeah, nah, you can't compare him to like Biggie and Tupac, they made. Um, how I do you want it? Tupac, but now nah, you if they you made try, hypnotize. If you trying to tell me you a Biggie baby and you can't make a hit song, don't don't talk about Biggie no more because he made hits. Yeah, that's true. But a lot of people who love Biggie can't make hits. Like who? Pusha T's the only one that still be talking about being a Biggie fan because he's forty five. I don't what... think he can make hits, man. Yeah, all right. So yeah, you are underachiever, bro. No, hits don't make you underachiever. He's very relevant 20 plus years in his career. So no, he's not an underachiever. No, no, no. Sorry, buddy. He's more relevant than Fabulous. Well, Fabulous gave up. He's more relevant than any New York nigga that was out back then besides Jay-Z. There's no New York rapper from the 2000s that's more relevant than Pusha T. Last time Fabulous Coast project was 2019. He gave up. No East Coast. We had rapper. a good verse on the Rick Ross and Meek Mill album. No East Coast rapper is as big as Pusha T from the 2000s. 
Well, Nas. I mean, Fifty Cent. Nas, uh, Nas is still getting nominated for Grammys. Yeah, Nas. And does he have actual hits? Yeah. Uchiwali. Yeah. I even, know I, I can. know I can. He even made a hit song with kids. Um. <laughs> yeah, but still, like my my point stands though. There's no East Coast rap, East Coast style rapper that's relevant from the 2000s at all. And Nas. Pusha T. No, he's from the 90s. Yeah, and there's also the 2000s. All right, Nas. The Jay-Z. biggest song of Nas's career is from the 2000s. I can. Exactly. Nas and Jay-Z, that's it. Well, Jay-Z, you know, he's relaxed. He's the king of rap. He's above all you niggas. But still, just Nas, that's it. So that's that's my point. Especially like a grimy East Coast rapper. None of them. But you make it seem like everybody is still rapping and trying. Cameron is now a big TV sports show nigga. Like, a lot of niggas moved on. He's still rapping. There's nothing wrong Cameron with Cameron also that. made stuff like girls just want to have fun and they... That's my jam. <laughs> and push it. And push it. Remember? That's my jam. Ooh, baby, baby. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> hey, niggas know how to get girls with their music. Push it, T-Kane. Yeah, I don't think he can. Yeah, he can. That's why he had to look straight. So don't tell us you made a fucking McDonald's jingle and you can't make a hit song, nigga. I'm just don't saying. Tell us he made ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving I it. He, I don't think hit. he tries though. That's what I'm saying. Whatever. That nigga told Arby's we got the meats. All right. He made Ving Rhames say it. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's an underachiever. I just can't say it. He's still relevant. Twenty. I wouldn't even grind to come out. Oh one. Two thousand two. 21 years later. We can't act like that Drake stimulus didn't bless his life. If Drake never responds to him... Is you he still had a stronger fan base and stronger following than uh, Fabulous when that came out. I don't know, because I think in that era, that's when Fabulous was still doing those... Uh, Funeral music? Yeah, those mixtapes that people like. Food music? Nah, they was gone by... Uh, nah, I'm talking about... was that this? Oh, 16? Was, was it 16? It was like 2017. Yeah, nah, Fabulous was gone. Mood music and funeral fab stuff was out of here. Nah, people like his project with Jada Kiss. That came out. Freddie to- versus Jason, huh? Freddie versus Jason, twenty seventeen. And then the summertime shootouts. People like that series. That was 2015, 2016, and twenty nineteen. People like that stuff. That's what I'm saying. That's the last series he had. The summertime shootout. And I remember people liking that. Yeah, so, nobody liked it more than um none of Pusha T's solos, buddy. That's why they were mixtapes. Well, they were mixtapes because you know, labels situations. Def Jam was dead. I mean, that's Pusha T. I think that nigga's still on Def Jam. <laughs> he needed to get out of there. Hey man, that's I just can't ability. use the word underachiever. That's it. We can go through all the semantics, but I don't think he's an underachiever. I just don't. Sorry. I think he is, and I'm a Pusha T fan. Uh, he's one of my top five favorite rappers ever. Been. I never look. I get it though. I mean, it makes sense to what you're saying. Like he don't got no hits. He didn't. He called himself Biggie. He loves Biggie. He couldn't do none of that. In the grand scheme of things, then yes, he's an underachiever. Is he still successful? Yes, but yeah, in the grand scheme sure. of things, in the grand scheme of things, how it's supposed to be, yes, he's technically and technically an underachiever. Yes. Yeah, but hey, it's all good. He's still an all-time great. That's the great. Nas is almost technically an underachiever. Nah, he he saved himself with this last run of the 2000s. He improved his legacy immensely. To be in your late 40s and still have a nice run of albums, that's crazy. To make six albums 
in the last two and a half years and like with no hits. Yeah, with no hits, but with he won a Grammy. And Magic for me is a top five, arguably Nas project of his career to do that in your late 40s is impressive. King's Disease 3, which is nominated for Rap Album of the Year, that's like a top 10 Nas album of all time. So for me, for you to have two great albums this late in your career, it's unprecedented in rap. So that did save him because, yeah, you're right. Nas could have been considered an underachiever because he was the ultimate wonder kid in rap. To have Illmatic and all those producers help you out, it was written, took you to another level, and then you kind of struggled with making hits, but then you found your lane with making singles and making dope albums in the 2000s after beating Jay-Z in a battle. Then Kanye tried to ruin your career, and you got out of there, see? When <laughs> people, yeah, Kanye... Pusha now it's rapping on the beat off beat. Yeah, Pusha T stayed loyal. Look at how Kanye's talking about him. Kanye even looks at him as underachiever. I'm giving these beats to niggas like Pusha T. Come on. He even admitted it. That's what I'm saying. When the niggas that are giving you the beats are also mad with the production, you're underachiever, bro. He would have wasted that Santeria beat. <laughs> hey, man, side. Ah. No, I he think would've... he means I think he means I could have given it to somebody else that would have done something with it too. Nobody would have did nothing with that beat. That beat's not made to be a hit. <laughs> Comeback baby could have maybe been something, but that's the only one that's like like jiggy. If you know, you know. That's yeah, you're not that doing nothing well. with that damn beat. That song is gold. Yeah, that song is gold because that's the intro to Daytona. But Comeback Baby is the only jiggy track. Yeah. All right, we can end the show with this. Another underachiever making noise, Little Yachty, talking about how rap is in a lost place. What the hell have you done with your career, brother? You gave up on rap. You -hmm. went to become an alternative artist because your rap wasn't hitting the same way. You're a good singles artist, I'll give you that. Strike, Poland, those songs are good. But obviously, you didn't make an album out of that joint for some reason. I guess you want to be looked at as a serious artist and rap with J. Cole and blues and rap <laughs> and rap lost on Alchemist beats, you know, and act like you don't know where you're going and act like you're not riding waves when you make a whole project with Michigan niggas and act like you're not biting they swag. So, hey, you can act like you're an originator, always creating stuff. You also helped Drake make his weakest album. So, hey, man, little Yachty, relax. God bless you, though. You're talented. And rap with J. Cole and blues. Yeah, so hey man, God bless you, little Yachty. But nah, man, take it easy, bro. But I respect them. I respect them for dissing people and calling their music up and telling them they're not gonna go nowhere because they're yeah. talking about how he's a biter. Like you acting like you're original. You do this, you do that, you copy. Like we know the truth about these guys that try to act like they really hell of a niggas, man. But it's alright. Hell of a niggas. Yachty's not a hell of a nigga. Yeah. I, he does seem like a nice guy, a man of integrity and honor, but he also tries to act like he's better than he is, which is what we're all supposed to do. He's a musician. He's supposed to believe in his art. So I respect his confidence and his persona in the game because he is important in rap to have a guy that is very in tune with the underground that the lyrical niggas seem to like a lot because Little Yachty seems to be a nice guy. So hey, he has a he has artists that he's trying to put on. Let's see what happens with their careers. So if you're trying to talk about rap, you have a label. Let's see what you're gonna put out. Let's see what you do with them. You put out an alternative album that 
didn't do well in sales, but you got old people like Questlove saying they like it. <laughs> but we don't give a damn about that. I heard people say that they went to his show and when he played all the turn up shit, they liked it. But when he went into that alternative shit, niggas walked out the door. So, hey, man, I don't know who you made that album for. Don't seem like the youth really like it. But, hey, you're going to continue to create and find your way because he's still young. So, hey, shout out to Little Yachty for keeping things interesting in rap with his commentary. Yeah, and I just feel like his voice isn't good enough to try to sing that shit. Um, I'm a black Seminole. Nobody want to nobody want to hear that in person. <laughs> for quest love for real. nobody wants to yeah, hear that shit that i'm a black seminal if you don't sit your ass down somewhere <laughs> yeah i mean i agree with him though rap i mean i don't know rap's not yeah, in the back yeah, y'all, y'all, all over the place. y'all too stuck in the mainstream I yeah yeah that's all i'm about to say you just gotta but go and that's what i've always been telling people like you and those say that say rap is suck. It's not just me though stuck in a yeah Even jarvi thinks the same thing well jarvi don't like rap no more in the same way. I've seen him tweet sometimes. I can tell he doesn't fool with rapping. The yeah, same he don't. Way. He likes R and B and yeah, that's and body, nothing wrong with that. What do you that's call it? Body popping music. Yeah, body popping music, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of maturing and evolving as a human being, and that's why that's, I, that's where I'm at. Exactly, about. and I think you niggas as DJs, that's why you guys are into that world because it's more fun, it's more energetic, it's more exciting, it's more positive. People Amazing. actually dance and Amazing. have fun. And the where it's the women, cause I don't want to. I feel you. I don't want to play no rap music. I don't want to play Money Bag Yo and all that street stuff. And yeah, it's not the same. Well, people turned up to it like they used to, like when like, like like when Two Chains, Migos, yeah, that was better music. Waka Gucci, Waka Flocka Gucci. When all that shit was kind of like it was still fun. Like then, yeah, that's and we don't have no more Ying Ying Twin, Travis Porter, Roscoe Dash stuff. I remember going to Hampton. They used to have parties in their gym and invite us, Norfolk stay homies through walking in the spot and hearing, I'm going to the moon. I'm going to the and they just be geek turned up. Yeah. Like twerk, shorty, shorty, twerk, shorty, yeah, shorty. Yeah. No, but, we don't have none of that no more. Like, well, that hey, was it is what fun. it is. Cause brothers hearts are on ice. So it is what it is. They all want to kill each other too badly. Yeah. So hey man. Good luck to everybody out there, man. Rap ain't dead. Just look Yeah, bro. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's dead, bro. Hey, man. This don't be yeah. like these. Don't be like these satchel page boys living in the past. We moving. Rap forward. is dead, bro. It's okay though. Everybody knows it. Nah, it's not dead. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> bring it back myself. Rap 2.0. We launch in December. 1st. And, it, and it's okay for it to be dead because nobody cares about like, like old. I'm. I got bars and like that whole come up from nothing rap story and like get everybody comes up from nothing. We all poor man. I'm just saying inflation is high. Just saying the way rappers used to come out and be like a new thing. That's all that's dead. Like all that kind of stuff is dead too. So it's just it's forty almost fifty years old. It's it's everything has its time and it's dead. Nah, it ain't dead. It's dead, bro. Rock and roll is dead. Raps next. Nah, rap is gonna stay forever because it's young black cultures. Kids still. Burner Boy is hip hop. That nigga wouldn't be the same artist if it wasn't for rap. That, I mean, wrestling that was money is hip hop. That nigga wouldn't be the same artist without rap. Wrestling, wrestling was real popping. It just and then expanded it died down a little bit, and then it came back. Yeah, so wrestling is hot again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I think it could be like that. Maybe it's not dead, but that's the point. Hey, it died though. It died for a time. Not really. 
in the 2000s, like 2007, 2008, to me. John Cena was killing it. That nigga was the king. I mean, Randy Orton weren't on no, like, The Rock, Stone Cold type of shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was John Cena. He was carrying that shit. Him and Batista. Batista. That's why them niggas are movie stars now. That's what I'm saying. Just because you grew up and wasn't watching, that's the point. It's the same thing in rap. Just because you grew up don't mean it's dead. It's still popping. Hey, man, they wasn't killing it like Stone Cold and The Rock and DX. Do you know The Rock still wrestles? All them niggas be coming back because the shit is still hot. No, it got hot again. It got hot again. It got hot again, but it was hot. Like, you can talk to people like Donnell. Donnell's a lifelong wrestling fan. He never gave up. He'll tell you about the ebbs and flows, but yeah, like, the shit was popping. Like I said, if wrestling wasn't hot, John Cena and Batista wouldn't be able to become movie stars because we saw The Rock did the same thing. He used his celebrity to become a movie star from wrestling. The other personalities like Brock Lesnar, he didn't have the same personality to do the same thing. That's why he tried to do the MMA swag. He tried to play football. But yeah, the wrestlers that were popping, they did what they were supposed to do. So, but yeah, man, it's Chopper Suit Convos. We're going to holler at y'all next week. It's your man, Dan. And I'm with that boy Josh Gibson, a.k.a. DJ Ball Mall. We're going to holler at y'all later. Hey, I'll take it, man. I'm Josh Gibson. Yeah, man. You're an old school baller with no stats. God bless America. He don't got stats because he was in the Negro League? Yeah, man. We all know those numbers, boy. (laughs) 